why don't you turn to the person next to you and just say, I'm really pumped to hear the Word of God this morning. And then to say, in fact, I've been waiting for this all week. Fantastic. We've got some American accents over here. Not even from the American. Uh, Very good. Hey, before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your presence is in this place here this morning. Thank you that you are touching every heart. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. You would speak to the core of our being, that we would not leave the same, but that we would leave changed. Thank you that your word has power to bring that change. We thank you your presence is here to usher that in. We thank you, God, and we open our hearts to you this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Fantastic. I want to start this morning with a little story, a story that's combined with a video. This is uh, a video from the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, and it focuses particularly on one athlete. His name is Derek Redmond. He's from Britain, and he had been training pretty much all his life to get to this moment. Derek had been in the previous Olympics. He went to the Olympics uh, in 19, what does that make it, 1988? But before he could race, he was injured. And, and so he was injured in the qualifying thing. And so he couldn't, he couldn't race. So the next four years he spent training to get to these Olympics in Barcelona in 1992. And pretty much his whole life boiled down to this moment. It's the 400-meter sprint. And he is tipped to win a medal. And a medal, whatever the color, is all that he wants. And so I'm going to play you the clip of Derek Redmond at the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. Derek's got blue shorts. You'll figure it out. Right there is where Derek's hamstring snaps. That man is Derek's father. We know now that Derek's dad is saying to him, son, you don't have to do this. He says, yes, I do. He says, well, If you're going to do it, we're going to do it together.
such a softie. <laughs> Susan's crying, I'm crying. So Derek finished that day, he finished not with a medal, but he finished with the standing ovation. Something like 65,000 people on their feet applauding him for his effort. And you know, he may not have achieved his, that dream, but I think what he does know, and what was clear there, is he had a father who was in the grandstand, who loved him, and he saw that when Derek was in trouble, he would come down and walk alongside him. So, so, so why, you shouldn't show an emotional video at the beginning of your message. That's a terrible idea. Why, why, did I, why did I show you that? Why did I want to show you that? I wanted to show you that because every day of our lives, you and I are in a race. We are racing. It's a race called life. And sometimes we're so focused on the race. But we need to know that we have a loving Father, a loving Father, our Heavenly Father, and He is watching on the sidelines and He is waiting to be able to come in and walk alongside us and say, do you want to do this? If you want to do this, we're going to do it together. In every moment of every day, we have the choice to think or behave like a child of God, assured of His love and acceptance, or to think and behave like an orphan who's separated from him. Is anyone excited about the word this morning? (laughs) We've been doing a series called The Children of God. I think we're the third or the fourth week this week. And, uh, And this morning, I wanted to talk to you about the topic of start acting like a child. It's kind of the opposite of what you might expect or hear a lot as a child, which is, Stop acting like a child. Stop acting like a child. Well, I want to tell you this morning, start acting like a child. Start acting like a child of God. One of the most life-changing revelations that you can have is that the God of the Bible, the creator of the universe, is not out there. He's in here and he's your heavenly father. He's not distant. He's not vague. He is close and you can call him and you can know him intimately. As his child, you are forgiven, you are set free, and you are filled with God's power. So for some of you this morning, this might be a total perspective shift as we explore this topic. For some of you, for some of you, you might already know that, yet you might already know God that way. But I think, you know, this is not a, a one-time idea. So for those of you who are familiar with this concept, this is not a one-time thing of, yep, back then I found out God's my heavenly Father. This is an idea that we need to know in our innermost being. It's an idea that we need to carry with us every day in in every way through every storm. And so I was challenged as I was preparing this message thinking to myself, I know God's my heavenly Father. But you can, Pastor Vicky's, one of Pastor Vicky's favorite sayings is to know and not to do is to not know. And so we might, we might know that in theory, but the question I want to ask you this morning is, is it real for you every day in every moment of your life? Because it is relevant every day in every moment. God is your heavenly Father. You are His child. So why don't you turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. We're going to read through uh, one, verse 1 to verse 7. 
You can turn there or you can fix your eyes on the screen. No screen? Oh. Righto. So, I'll read it to you. Galatians 4, chapter 1 to 7. It says this. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic principles, spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. Paul is encouraging us all. We are children of God in Christ. So we need to start acting like it. Nathan, I'm just going to give you a tip. I've got two more scriptures coming up. Can I give them to you? Yeah, they're there? Cool. So there's two things that are happening here in this scripture. Number one, the work of the Son in Jesus. What is the Son doing? Faith in Him turns us from a slave into a child. So first, but that, that involves two things. Firstly, He pays the full price to buy us and redeem us. That's removing sin from you. The second thing is he secures the full rights of a son as if you are inheriting as if you are an, an inheriting son for you. So this is transferring rights and privileges to you. So taking sin away from you and transferring those things to you. Jesus' salvation is not only like receiving a pardon and release from death row and prison. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. People talk about how Imagine that you're on death row, you're in prison, and somebody comes and they pay the price and they say, you're free to go. That's kind of like Jesus' salvation, but it's not only like that. Because then we'd be free, but we'd be on our own. We'd be left to make our own way in the world, relying on our continued efforts. So, so you get out of prison scot-free, and you've got nothing. You, got, you, you don't have anybody to rely on. You've got no resources, nothing. And he says, right, now, now let's see if you're good. And then you go and break the law again back in prison. He says, no. It's like he takes us off death row and then he hangs a medal of honor around our neck. We are received and welcomed as heroes, as if we had accomplished extraordinary deeds because Christ accomplished extraordinary deeds and we are in him. So unless we remember that, we'll think that our slate has been wiped clean. It's like there's a slate with all of your past deeds on it, all the things that you have done wrong, have thought wrong, have you, that you should have done, that you didn't do. Every, imagine that's a big slate. And so there's a picture of Jesus wiping that slate clean. But it's not only that he wipes the slate clean, because then it's blank. Jesus wiped your slate clean and he wrote his righteousness onto your slate. 
The second thing at play here is the work of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. See, the Son secured your legal status as a child of God. The Spirit secures your actual experience of being a child of God. So because of the Spirit, you can feel and experience what it's like to have a close relationship with the Father. Paul says the Spirit leads us to call out Abba, Father. Abba is like a, uh, an Arabic word which isn't the original language, so he's being quite deliberate about saying it in a different language because it's like a, it's like a baby talk word. It's like daddy or like papa or like, I don't know, what's another language for... How would you say dad in another language? Give it to me in Chinese, Stephen. Baba. Fourth time. Awesome. Yes. Baba. So it's like he's saying that. And, and it speaks to a profound passion and feeling. Do you call out to God with passion and feeling? Call out refers to our prayer life. It's about spontaneity and reality in prayer. So it's not mechanical, it's not formal, but it's filled with warmth and passion and freedom. So I want to ask you this morning, when you pray, are you mechanical? <laughs> Hello, God. Are you, mecha- are you mechanical in your prayer life? Do you, do you think that there are certain words that you need to say? Are there certain things you need to repeat that make you holier or that make you, your prayer sound better? classic one in the Pentecostal church is like Father God you know but people just say it all the time Father God I'm just praying Father God that Father God that all things Father God would be made better Father God he knows who he is um, and that like but that's that's something that you can work on because actually it points to something that's impersonal it's like you've got this thing going on where you need us because that apparently keeps reminding you of who you're talking to but imagine that you had a father (laughs) surprise most of you do uh all of you do most of you know who they are and if imagine you're talking to your father and and you said dad i was just dad uh thinking dad that dad i could dad go to dad the shops dad wouldn't he look at you and be like, what are you, lay off the crack. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you talking about? The Holy Spirit gives us a sense of God's real presence. Just as a child calls out to their father immediately if there's a problem, knowing that he is close, Christians, by the Holy Spirit, can experience the nearness of God. Can you feel the nearness of God when you pray? Like I said, Abba is baby talk, which, which speaks of a confidence of love and assurance of welcome. A child assumes that the parent loves them and is there for them. They don't have to keep checking every day. They just assume the parent loves them. They never doubt the security and the openness of daddy's strong arms. And so you and I can have an overwhelming boldness and certainty that God loves us endlessly for we are his children so are you confident in god's love and assurance of you you and i need to learn to ask moment by moment am i acting like a slave who is afraid of a distant uh, afraid of or 
or distant from God? Or am I acting like a child who is assured of my Father's love? Ultimately, the calling in all of this is start acting like a child. How do we do that? There's two ways. Uh, One is to study and emulate the example of Jesus, who was like the first among brothers. If he was the son of God and we're all sons and daughters of God, then he's like our brother in that respect. And he's the first of all the brothers, which is somewhere in Romans. And, uh, and, And so we're to look at him as the example of what it is to be a son or a daughter of God and emulate that. The second thing is we can have a close and spontaneous relationship with the Father in prayer. Pastor Phil Pringle writes this in his book, uh, The Born Identity. He's talking about what it is to uh, have your identity shaped in Christ, in Him. He's, it says, it talks, so I've got written here, this is not a direct quote. To act like a child of God means that we will know who we are and we will know what we have. Who we are. We are the image of God in the earth. Turn to the person next to you and say, we are the image of God in the earth. We are a new creation. You can keep going, this is good. We are overcomers. We are sons of God. And it's gender specific because in those days it was about uh, inheriting the inheritance. We are kings ruling in our own world. We are the glory of the Lord and we are more than conquerors. I feel so bad for Cody. He's got no one to talk to. There's no one sitting right next to him. So I keep saying, turn to the person next to you. And every time I say that, he's reminded. No one's sitting next to me. He's right. He's confident. He knows who he is. The second thing is we've got to know what we have. We have dominion and authority. We can't do it with the first and not with the second. Turn to the person next to you and say, we have dominion and authority. We have the wisdom of God. We have power from the Spirit. We have freedom from the devil. We have God for us. We have the promise of God. We have forgiveness. We have justification. We have regeneration. We've got some people learning new words over here. We have adoption. We have sanctification. We have redemption. We have an inheritance. We have blessing. We have authority over the devil. We have prosperity. We have healing. And we have the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. You don't need to read the born identity anymore. That's basically the summary. That is who we are and what we have in Him, in Christ. Sometimes we forget. Some of us don't know who we are in God. It's like we've got spiritual amnesia. Sometimes we don't know what we've got. And in both cases, we live separated from God. But God is calling us to live in Him. So 1 John 4, have you got it, Michelle? Hallelujah. says this, this is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Here's the key. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. 
So being in him, here's how I see it. What does that mean, be in him? He's in us, we're in him. It's hard to get your head around, right? Here's an easy way to think about it. Tony Stark, right? Tony Stark is the hero from Iron Man, for those who don't know. So he's, he's, a, he's brilliant, right, in his own right. But there's an Iron Man suit that he puts on the suit and the suit gives him power. So the suit is separate from him, but he's in the suit. If he's in the suit, he has power. If he's out of the suit, he has no power, right? So when you're in him, when you're in Christ, you're clothed with power from on high. You are living within the Spirit. Now, if you're the screenwriter for Iron Man, you need to try and figure out ways to remove him from the, the suit, right? Because otherwise it's not dramatic. It's like, well, he can just handle anything. So you've got to try and separate him from the suit. In Iron Man 3, there's a scene where he's kind of like locked up in the dungeon and piece by piece the Iron Man suit's kind of coming to him. What? <laughs> it, what happens? I thought he died in the dungeon. Oh. <coughs> You're safe to say that with any franchise, the hero is not going to die because they want to make more money. So... The suit is coming to him, he's in the suit, and he has power in the suit. Okay, so that's like being in Christ. You take on Christ's righteousness, his glory, and his nature. Um, But to not think and act like you're a child of God is like Tony Stark going to fight bad guys without his Iron Man suit. So when you're out in your day-to-day world, and you're at work, or at, at home, or uni, or school, whatever it is, if you disconnect yourself from your identity as Christ's child, as God's child, as a child of God, if you disconnect yourself from that, if you forget who you are, or if you forget what God has done for you, what, what you have because of who you are in Him, then you're basically fighting your fight or running a race in your own strength. And so that means you're like Tony Stark, trying to fight bad guys without the suit. It's foolish. You're on your own. You don't have any of the power to defeat the enemy. But what you can do is do what Tony Stark did in the dungeon and call upon the suit to come with you. So anytime you've got, you feel like, oh man, I'm not acting like a child of God. All you need to do is call upon him and ask him to be in you and for you to be in him and it will happen again. (coughs) I want to share this story with you. I'm going to read through. It's a fair chunk. It's uh, the story of the prodigal son. We're going to read it from the message version. Here there are two sons, and both of them have problems. Both of them have problems because they, they, don't, they forget who they are, and they forget what they have. So we're going to go the message version. Might need to make a tweak there. Who knows the story of the prodigal son? Fantastic. That's good. That's good. So we've got some new, new people. Who knows? Uh, if you know it already, it's good to hear it again. Fantastic. Here we go. So Jesus said this. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he'd gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country and he began to hurt. 
He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop. But no one would give him any. It's a sad day when you want to eat pig feed and they won't give it to you. So the father divided the property between... Excuse me. Very good. So, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses, as I hope it would for all of us. He said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day. And here I am, starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got up, he got right up, and went home to his father. See, the prodigal son knew what he had. He knew the inheritance that he had. But he didn't know who he was. If he had known who he was as a son, he would have valued his father. If he had valued his father, he probably wouldn't have shot off so quickly. The inheritance he took was earned by his father. He could have learned a lot from his father. But instead of learning from his father, he leaves early and he clearly hasn't got the same integrity as his father because once he's out on his own, he blows the lot. You and I do the same thing. We can learn so much from God, learn to live in His ways, but many of us don't because we live in our own way. Instead of following Him, we take our inheritance and we run off. We all know, we all know somebody who, who has taken God for granted and living in their own way. Some of us have done it for ourselves. But sometimes there is actually hope that's found for a person when they hit rock bottom, when everything's gone wrong because it causes them to search for answers that are outside of themselves. Here's what happens to the prodigal son. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His, ha- his heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him and kissed him. The son started his p- speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. Has anyone ever felt like that? All the things I've done, I don't deserve to be called a child of God anymore. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him, his heart pounding. He ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. The son, I totally just read that again, but it was worth it. (laughs) The father didn't listen to his speech. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. But the family put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get, him a, get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here. Given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. If you come back to God, he's not going to put you to work to repay for the things that you've done. He's going to embrace you with a warm hug as a son with forgiveness and grace. All this time, his older son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. As he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the houseboys, he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef. Because he has him home safe and sound. The older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. 
The son said, look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours who has thrown away your money on whores shows up and you go all out with a feast. His father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and everything that is mine is yours. So the father has to clarify everything that is mine is yours which means the second son knew who he was, but he didn't know what he had. This is a wonderful time we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead, and he's alive, he was lost, and he's found. He knows that he's his father's son, but he has never accessed the benefits of that. That is also true of many of us. We know we're God's child, but we refuse to believe the promises that he's given to us or the close relationship that he offers us. I think both of the sons are tragic. Both of them go through hardship because they've forgotten who they are and what they have in their father. In the same way, when people run from God or they refuse to follow him or they ignore the relationship, we are like those two sons. The good news is, Wherever you are, whenever you're disconnected from him, you can turn yourself around and appreciate what you have. I want to I finish uh, with a video tonight because I like videos and tonight. We're going to be here for a little while longer <laughs> uh, this morning. We're going to finish with a video. This is from uh, what's got to be one of my favorite movies. It's called The Lion King. Has anyone seen The Lion King? Has anyone not seen The Lion King? For the sake of those who haven't seen The Lion King, uh, it's about lions <laughs> in Africa. It's a cartoon. <coughs> uh, Simba is the main character, and Simba is the son of the king, the Lion King. And Simba's father is called Mufasa, and Simba's father, Mufasa, is killed by Simba's uncle, Scar. And Scar tells Simba that Mufasa's death was Simba's fault. And so he's, he convinces him to run away so that Scar can assume the king's throne. But Simba is the rightful heir to the throne of the kingdom. I'm going somewhere with this, so stick with me on the kids' cartoon movie background. <laughs> Instead of taking his, his rightful place as the king, Simba runs away... He makes some friends in the jungle and he eats grubs while singing songs about having no worries. You'll remember Hakuna Matata. But out of his greed, Scar mismanages the kingdom and all the lions are starving to death. So we'll pick the story up in the, in the, in the jungle with Simba. All the, all the lions are starving to death back home so they've sent out people to go find more food. Uh, his... his his uh, childhood love comes and finds him and, and he hears about what's going on, but now he doesn't know, can I go back or not? There's so much in the past. Let's, let's play the clip.
That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm gonna take your stick. No, 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 no! Not your stick! Hey! Where are you going? I'm going back! Good! Get out of here! <laughs> Love the Lion King. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Why did I show you that? I wanted to show you that because Simba's in the same state that many of us are in. We've forgotten God. And then we would reply, no, of course not. How could we forget you, God? And God would reply the same as Mufasa replied. You have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Who are you? You are a child of God. If you consider yourself as something different, if you think, if someone asks you, well, who are you? And your immediate response is, well, I'm, I'm a, I like, I have a graphic designer. First is, I'm a child of God. <coughs> so by forgetting who we are, we forget God. God has given us so much. We, sh we shouldn't neglect it. We shouldn't forget about it. And so whilst you're standing in the presence of God, why don't you close your eyes? I want to say to you, He lives in you. He lives in you. 
So remember who you are and take your place in the circle of life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Dad, right now we ask for your presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you make real to us a relationship with the Father. We don't ever want to forget what it's like to be a child of God. We don't ever want to forget that we are your son or your daughter. We don't ever want to forget what it is that you've provided for us. Why don't you just let him fill you right now so that you can take away that sense that God is your father. He is near. He loves you. You can talk to him always. He blessed you as a child of God, as an heir to the king. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you repeat after me? Dad, I love you. I want you to be with me always. I thank you that I live in you. And I thank you that you live in me. Thank you you're always there for me. I thank you that I can call upon you always. I thank you that in every situation... I'm your child. And I pray that you would help me to remember who I am and what you've done. Amen. Fantastic. I want to give you an opportunity. The last thing I want to do is if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Christ, if you don't have a relationship with God, I would love to introduce you to him this morning. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up to, to acknowledge that that's you, that you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart, and then we can pray together. So can I just ask everybody to close their eyes? While no one's looking around, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here this morning, maybe you're in a few different situations. Maybe you feel like you don't know your Heavenly Father, You've never asked Jesus to come into your life before. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. If you're here this morning and you've known him in the past, but you've walked away like the prodigal son, all you need to do is turn around and say, God, I'm coming back to you. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and we'll pray together the same prayer. So if, if you're here this morning and you're one of those two people, if you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart for the first time, 
or you want to come back to him. Would you do something brave this morning and just put your hand up right now to show me that that's you. We can pray together. I'll ask Jesus. We can ask Jesus together to come into your heart. Is there anyone here who wants to do that? Just give you 10 more seconds. Fantastic. All right. Let's just close in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Coming back to you, God. Thank you, your presence is with us. We thank you, we can rely on you always. In Jesus' name, our Heavenly Father. Amen.